Hallelujah. Okay, so who was in church last Sunday? As uh, norm to do. Don't be shy. Raise up your hand. Ah, this side. I saw you. Okay, anyways, you're welcome to church. Um, and then continuing from our pastor's sermon last Sunday, Peace in Troubled Waters. That was the title of the sermon. The sermon was titled Peace in Troubled Waters. And this is um, the part two, the way of peace. And so we begin. We're going to begin reading from John chapter 14, verse 27. John 14, 27. Okay, John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So we're going to begin. What is peace? Is peace a feeling? Is it an adjective or a noun? That's the beginning. We have to start with explaining the terms because sometimes we use words that we don't necessarily understand or we use words that the world has given a meaning that is far-fetched. So we begin. We will be looking at peace from the eyes of two different lenses today. But before we begin, I would like us to first establish that we can only have true or false real or fake, and we cannot have two answers to one question as true. With this question, what is peace, we will see through preconceived ideas and the world's frame. In the world, we have a setting peace. We have a peace. It's called the peace that the world gives. In John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. So there is a peace that the world gives. So worldly peace what is our idea, the first thing that comes to our mind when we think about the peace that we have attained in Oxford Dictionary? Ah, you people are quiet. <laughs> but every time you're anxious, you go to go and look for raining, raindrops, raindrop sounds. You know that that's the idea of your, that's the idea. Raindrops, birds chirping, waves, slow waves, just, just you know, passing through. <laughs> You know, that's airy atmosphere. Everything is organized. Everything is calm. Still waters. A serene environment. Like now, how here is quiet. You know, some people are like, I just want peace. I just want peace. And they put off their phone. They go into their room. They put off the lights. They lock the window. They just sit down inside. That, that's peace. That's the idea. And so it doesn't just leave the feeling or just leaves the atmosphere. It now transcends to what we also perceive peace to be. Because unfortunately, then we now have a certain idea that peace only comes when things are in a certain organized fashion or in a certain way that we want it to be. Everything I desire, everything I want, when I want what I want and I get it, that's peace. I have a question for us. Is everything calm? People that are reading anatomy, for example, right now. <laughs> the anatomy, is it calm? Good. Now, even if everything is calm in your life at this moment, is everything calm in the world right now? Okay, is everywhere serene in the world? Do we all have every pleasure our flesh may long for at the moment? Okay, beautiful. If our answers are negative, then we see that this peace is an illusion. It's transient and it's a fairy tale. As much as possible, I don't know if any of you watch them fairy tale movies, but we have someone that never knew the emotion of anger in a fairy tale. Uh, don't worry. I know you don't watch it. It's just me. Yes. They don't, you know, never knew the emotion, that emotion existed, anger. 
Bah, what's anger? No, that's a fairy tale. But when you come to reality, you don't see that ah, people get angry. And you never know. But then the peace that the world sells is something that even they cannot attain. It's something that they cannot give you. It's something that you realize that is transient. So then you wanted a five in anatomy, you got it. We moved to cell, but we, we moved to, um, let's say, pathology. And you, you've forgotten the peace you got with getting that five in anatomy. And now you want another piece. Do you understand? So it's fake. It's not real. Now the peace of God. That's the peace that Jesus left with us. He said, my peace. And that's the son of God. The son of God giving his peace unto men. Giving his peace to the world. And he said, and this is what um, it says in this um, section, the peace of God. In a troubled world, we received peace. Not the fantasy, but the peace of Jesus. The peace that came from God. John 14, verse 27. And that said, peace I live with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We have the peace of the Son of God. And what does this mean? The peace is the victory we have in him. The peace is Jesus conquering the grave and death. This is true peace. Your peace is not a feeling. Your peace is not due to circumstances and arranged by the events of life. Peace that God gives is perfect peace, meaning that it can never be dented in time and in space. Listen to me, I'll say it again. The peace of God is called perfect peace, and it's perfect because it cannot be dented in time and space. See, if something is perfect, no matter the situation you put it in, it cannot be imperfect. It is perfect. There is no time that you will say, I want peace because you already have it. If you accept the peace that you have in God, and that is the peace of God. So even if they are the same English, it's the same English, peace in the world, peace of God, they don't mean the same thing. Do you understand? They don't mean the same thing. And the peace of God must be learned. The peace of God must be understood. It's not a spontaneous feeling. See, we forsake the things that we have so easily because we don't intentionally seek out true meaning from the word of God. We don't seek out true understanding from what God has said. And so we forsake the things that we already have. Because Jesus said, peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. So if I have given you peace, what are you searching for again? What are you searching for? Then that brings in the question of anxiety. That brings in the question of depression. How come? How come? And as our pastor said, sometimes you, you find out that you realize that it's like because there's a certain trend going on, then we just hop on every bus. And probably it's just a space of ignorance. Probably it's just a space of not knowing truth. And that's why we are bringing the word of God to you today, so that your eyes are enlightened to the realities of what you have. Now, this peace of God, the real question is not, do I have peace, do I not have peace? Please, how many of us here are born again? And let's be honest, how many of you are saved? Raise up your hand high so I can see you. Because it's very important. If you're not saved, then you need, we need to tell you first that, see, your victory is in Christ Jesus, and that's where your peace is. We need to tell you the truth. You can't be going around everywhere complaining about anxiety and you're not saved. That's not, nothing, nothing on Instagram, nothing will satisfy you and nothing is going to give you peace. If you don't have the real peace, you can't get it anywhere else. You can't get it anywhere else. So firstly, we'll have to give it to you from here. Any other thing is transient and it's in phases and it will fade. Okay, now how, do I, how can I live from that peace? 
from the peace of God that I have been given. Because it's one thing for you to express and manifest the things that you have received. And it's another thing to just know that it exists. So how can I express it? How can I manifest it? I realize that I am anxious. I realize that I have anxiety issues. I, or what's it called? I realize that, okay, I'm going through depression. I realize there's bipolar disorder. I realize there's so many things. You know, I've been diagnosed of so many things. But then now we're about to talk to you about truth. And so how can I live from the peace? How can I express and live in that? First, acknowledging. We're going to read Philemon chapter 1 verse 6. Philemon 1 verse 6. Okay. I'll start from verse 4. And this is Apostle Paul. And he says, And I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and to all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you, in Christ Jesus. That the communication of your faith may become what? effectual. Do you know what effectual means? Effectual means fruitful. It's producing results. And how, does, how did he say that's possible? By acknowledging every good thing which is in you, in Christ Jesus. And Jesus said, peace I what? I live with you. My peace I give unto you. So right now, what he's saying is that for as many of us that accepted him and as many of us that are saved, we have his peace indwelling in us. Now it is to acknowledge the peace indwelling in us. That's the bone of contention. Now what is acknowledging? Acceptance. See, before we start speaking plenty English, acceptance. Jesus loves you. Okay, no, let's, let's use you. The Lord is your shepherd. Did you accept what I just said or did he just enter your, hair, your ear and leave the other ear? Do you understand? What I'm, do, you, do you get what I'm saying? Did you, did you, do you, did you accept it? Because a lot of times you come to church and then you say, I came to church, but I'm still struggling with things. You come to church, you hear things, but you don't accept it. You come to church, you hear things, but you don't keep it. You don't keep it. You don't put your mind on it. So they said the Lord is your shepherd. Do you know what it means for someone to be your shepherd? Have you thought about it like, oh, shepherd? No. You just let it pass through. The Lord is your shepherd means that he's someone that guides you. He guides you. And he provides all of your needs. That's deep. But because you never stay on it, you never, you never accept the reality of what it is. You never accept it. And so you move from it immediately and you're looking for the next good thing. But then maybe if you dwelt and you, I don't even do that, the right word. If you dwelt on it, then you would understand if you dwelt on it, then you would understand. So firstly, we acknowledge every good thing. If you see something in the word of God, it says, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and door shall be opened unto you. What's next? Full stop. Accept it. Like that. The way it is. That's what accepting means. I'm literally teaching us practically so that we begin to accept. We, when we are reading the word of God, we are not just breezing through. I did it to fulfill all righteousness. No, you accept acknowledge. He says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, yet I'm struggling with a habit. No, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Full stop. That's what is in the Bible. Accept. We are not saying accept thoughts. Mix it inside one pot. My thoughts plus the word of God. No, you accept it. You accept it. That is where good things lie. That is where you have good things in the word of God. So you accept it. 
And if you're accepting it, that means that I cannot be accepting another identity. And I cannot be accepting any other thing despite what I see, despite what I hear, and despite what I feel. That is the life of faith, and that's your life as a believer. Everything in the word is what is attainable for you. And only that, only in the frame of the word are you found. So we begin with accepting. Next, knowing. Knowledge in God's kingdom tallies with expression. To express or manifest peace, we must know God. In Psalms 14 verse 2, Psalms 14 verse 2, I would like us to read it. Psalms 14 verse 2. Ah, Bibles are not flipping today as well. Yeah, okay. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. So then we have an understanding that we see that people are void of understanding certain things because they do not seek God. You saw from our Sunday school, knowing God. Knowing God tallies with your experiences of certain things that you've heard. If they say you have peace in God, righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost, this is the kingdom of God. If they say that this is the kingdom of God, you can't experience it to the, more, to the you can only experience it to the extent to which you know God. So the extent to which you know God is the extent to which you can express joy. Is the extent to which you can express peace. Is the extent to which you can express righteousness. But if you limit yourself and you take only a piece of a pie, for example, someone will say, I read the book of Galatians chapter 3. Okay, what did you read? Galatians chapter 3 verse 19. Okay, is that the, the only verse that is in Galatians chapter 3? No, but that's why it was the Bible verse for the day. So I read it. I've read my Bible today. Does it, make sense to, does it make sense to take a piece out of the entire pie and leave the pie? So you take a piece, you have a pie, you take a piece out of it, and then you say, I throw away the rest. I've eaten a pie. Hallelujah, I'm glad. You see that we, we throw away and we forsake, we are the ones that forsake our peace. Because we have it. You and I have it. So we are the ones that forsake it. By choosing not to take the whole thing and taking it in its entirety, we forsake it. We forsake it. Have you heard of this scripture saying, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and every other thing shall be added unto you. Let me inform you that peace is not every other thing. Peace is in the kingdom of God. Peace is in the kingdom of God. So you're chasing after academics. And meanwhile, we're all here to chase after academics, including myself, so it's not bad. But then you say, that's where my peace is. That's where my peace is. That's my peace, yes. And if things go wrong, I'm depressed. If things go wrong, I'm anxious for life. Anxiety, I'm taking pills. The first thing you do immediately is to run to pills. Meanwhile, you have forsaken identity. Hence, you are forsaking your peace. Because it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And every other thing shall be added unto you. The every other thing is the academics. The every other thing is the job. The every other thing is everything concerning your life. But when it comes to peace, it comes in seeking the kingdom of God. In seeking God. In knowing God. That is where you experience and you express manifold peace. That even when somebody is sleeping on a boat and then the, the sea is going crazy 
even in that kind of situation, the person is still sleeping undisturbed. That's the kind of peace. And it's in levels. Some people say, ah, but I, I don't know. My heart is still shaking. We'll, we'll get to that point. We'll get to that point because that's why we're here. Amen. Amen. Now, next is staying. Next is staying. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Isaiah 26, verse 3. Okay? Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is what? Because he what? Whose mind is stayed on thee. God himself will keep that person in perfect peace. The person that his mind is stayed on the word. So even if things are going wrong, the person says, no, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Account balance is showing red. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. They say, Yo, there's something wrong with you. What do you mean by that? Why are you saying? Can't you see? Better God start looking for how you raise for. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That person. That, you, see, you see, your peace is not in the surplus that you have. Jesus said it. He said a man's life does not consist of the abundance of things that he has. So your life doesn't. Your life consists of the things that Jesus gave you. And the things that you have in him. So you stay on the word. If this is what Jesus said, then that's what it is. If this is what the word of God said, then that is what it is. And you stay. Staying is not, you know, I can sit on that chair and they will say, Ebube sat on the chair. No, staying is Ebube is what? Sitting on the chair. So when, if you come tomorrow, Ebube is sitting on the chair. Today, it will be sitting on the chair. Yesterday, it will be sitting on the chair. Forever, Ebube will be sitting on the chair. And nothing will move it. That's where your peace is. Effects of this true peace. John 14, verse 27. After Jesus told them of the peace that they now have, which is the fact that he has overcome the world, he told them not to let their hearts be afraid. Now, he told them to what? Do not let your hearts be afraid. He said, let not your hearts be afraid. Let, do not be troubled and let not your heart be afraid. Let me get the exact place. He says, yes. He said in 27, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let's say that together from verse 27. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let. Let means to permit. Let means to what? To permit. Do you realize, are you, are you seeing how, because of ignorance, ignorance may sound harsh, but because of not knowing your reality in the word of God, you don't know truth. You can literally be, be selling out and shortchanging yourself. So you say, I'm anxious. Like, I have anxiety. No, I have anxiety. Like, don't do that. Don't bust the balloon. I have anxiety. Like, and it's not to water down on it. Of course, you know it's not to water down on it. We love each other here. We're sisters and brothers. So, so. You know, and don't bust that balloon. I have anxiety. You know now. Don't say that now. You know I have anxiety. Don't do that now. You know I have anxiety. And you take it like that. Meanwhile, Jesus here is telling you, let not. Meaning, do not permit. Do not allow. Do not. So that means that he's saying that even if fear comes, you can stand. And you can remain. You, can, you have a choice. It's a choice of no. Yes. No. No. Yes. Yes. No. No. Yes, yes, no. 
Anxiety may be a feeling, but peace is not. It's not. So that in big English can be broken down to fear and troubles. Fear and troubles. Don't let your heart be afraid and do not be troubled. Are there troubles? Yes, our pastor said it, there are externalities. We can't control them. We can't control them. Men don't know the way of peace. This fallen world, we don't know the way of peace. Men, look at us, we do. Men don't know the way of peace. That's the world. Isaiah chapter 59 will tell you that they work with their hands, things of destruction. They spin garments, thinking that they're spinning garments and they're spinning webs that won't cover. That's what we have attainable outside. That's trouble. That's chaos. We can't control that. But what we know we can control is letting things affect us and how they get to us. Is how things affect you. And Jesus has given you everything you need to live in peace. He has given you everything. Things may come to shake your heart or weaken you, but we do not let it. We see then that the peace of God is not a feeling. It is a gift that God gave to us. We can have that peace and still be troubled only if and when we let things trouble us or when we give in to fears. We know what we have, which is victory over this world. Peace is not spontaneous. We deliberately live by peace. We deliberately, deliberately walk by peace. The issue is not the absence of peace, but improper or lack of execution or enforcement of the peace that you have. Mark 4, verse 36, verse 13 to 39. Let's read that, please. Mark 4, 36 to 39. Okay, and when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was on the sheep. And there were also... There were also with him other little sheep, and this is Jesus, by the way, speaking about Jesus and his disciples. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the sheep, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the sheep, asleep on a pillow. Wow, I never saw this part. On a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? Going down. He says, Jesus knew he had peace. Hence, he could give it to the troubled waters. So you must understand that if any solution will come to this outside world that is in chaos, it's from inside this room. The reason why a lot of times you're still so affected by everything you see on social media is because you are silent. I'm sorry, but it's the truth. It's because you're quiet. You're either quiet in, not in, by praying or you're either quiet not by putting and correcting certain things. So you see, you see, they say it's ha, our life, we are just managing. Oh. This Nigeria, we have to run. Oh. I'm using that as an example. You know, I have, we have to run. Oh. We have to leave. Oh. Everything is hot. Oh. See, they'll say there's flood. See God. Fear God. Fear God because of this. Fear, these are the reasons for you to fear God. And you see that, and you say, ha, things are bad, oh. But it's well, it's well, it's well, it's well. Then the next thing, someone will come and say, ha, let's pray for our country, you know, let's pray, let's pray for, you know, Hungary, let's pray, we are seeing inflation of prices, and you will not be the one to say, don't say that, don't say that, I think this thing will continue, it will continue going down, but God, God is well. Is, do, you, do you see how, do you see that in silence, in that your moment of silence, you accepted something that you shouldn't have accepted. In that moment of silence, 
You accepted something you should not have accepted. Your duty in that moment as an executioner and a law enforcement agent of peace was to give it in that moment. This is not about English. As an executioner of peace, it was for you to execute your duties. Immediately, you see that, ah, no, the what that person said is streaming out from chaos. Let me, let me dish out the words of Jesus. I, I, have, I know exactly what to say. You see, that's somebody, that's an agent of peace. And the reason why you're still affected, as I said, it's not only because you don't know sometimes. It's because you're affected by the things you see. So how about you give the peace? How about you give it? Now you know, give. Now you know, give. Sometimes the reason why you feel like joy is absent is not necessarily because joy is absent because it's not absent. Jesus also gave you joy. In the kingdom of God, there's joy. But guess what? There's condemnation outside. So then you realize that you, are, you have a staring inside you. You, may, you will call the staring depression because that's what the devil wants you to think. But maybe it's just to go and preach the gospel. It's well with us in Jesus' name. Okay. Now going down. Do you know of the peace that you have? Okay, knowing of peace is knowing God and knowing God is knowing his words. His word is spirit and life. Hence, his words have the ability to make you experience something different from what your eyes see. Second thing, Jesus could give the peace. We've already spoken about that. So let's go and, yeah, we'll be on the first lane now. Yeah. Um, next point, where is your peace? Romans 14 verse 17. Romans 14 verse 17. Please, let's flip our Bibles. Um, I'm, I'm not quite glad that we are not flipping our Bibles, especially you know, hearing what I'm saying now. You should be flipping your Bibles with urgency. Romans 14, verse 17. Or opening your phones, any of the above is fine. Okay? And so it says, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, this is Apostle Paul, but righteousness and peace and joy in the, in the Holy Ghost. Where is your peace? Where is your peace? Say my peace is in the Holy Ghost. Please say it loud. Don't say it to me. Say it to yourself. Where is your peace? Good. We have been deceived and caught up in the rat race of life by the devil. We have so soon forgotten and despised his words. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. Peace, as I said before, is not all other things. Peace is in the kingdom of God. Knowing Christ by, okay, okay, yes. Peace is in the kingdom of God. Now, this is what we now usually see and this is the deception. Know Christ by reading the Bible. No time. Go to church to fellowship with brethren. No time. Preach the gospel to unbelievers. No time. Pray. No time. But then we have time to chase after other things where there is no peace in. No peace. Only chaos. And then you keep saying that I'm managing life. You know, sometimes we hear these kind of statements and we accept it. They say, well, aren't we all just managing? Yeah, it's true, Sha. We are just all managing. No, from today, from today, you don't accept those things because those are the things that begin to plant seeds in your heart, seeds that you can't see. It's when they now germinate and sprout out that you now see that, ah, something was there and I never knew. So you don't even accept it. Anything that is contrary to God's word, you don't accept it. Never 
Never accept it. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Forever. So the word of God will not change. You know, a very, a very amazing man of God, he said, see, they say, Kenneth, you always believe in the word, everything in the word. Okay, I've already said his name. It's Papa Hagen. Thanks to our pastor. Yes. You know, you always believe in the word, you know, what not. And I will never forget that what he said. It's in my head and it will never leave me. Because Jesus said the same thing. He said, guess what? I'm standing on the word of God and I'm going to keep on standing there. And guess what? The word of God is a rock. So I'm not going down. I'm not going down. Because they said, what if you go down? What if the word doesn't work? He said, no, it's a rock. It's a rock, and I'm not going down. Even if waters cover a rock. I mean, remember Noah, when the flood covered all this, all the, everything. What did we start seeing first? Mountains and hills. You see, the flood may cover, troubled waters may come, chaos and whatnot. It may cover the hills, but it will never break it down. It will never move it. We can still use it as a landmark. So please, don't trade the permanent things for temporary and transient things. Don't trade it. Don't trade it. We have some substance to give to the world. We have something big and huge to give. This piece that we have is not small. It's highly influential. This is what will make real impact in that your workplace that you're looking for a job. This is what will make impact. That things are shaking because things are not always on a high, but that things are shaking, but then you still have the ability to be calm and to still think calm-headedly and to still give direction. That's what will make you stand out and that's what will make people know that this person has Jesus. We are different. We may be in the same world with people, but we are not the same. Our prerogative with unbelievers is not the same. It's not the same. Your speaking is not the same. And your reality is most certainly not the same. Praise the Lord. Okay. Enforcement. Enforcement in our lives. So now this, I um, highlighted this heading as worries. Okay. So enforcement in our lives. We'll read from Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 to 7. Philippians 4 verse 6 to 7. Please, Bibles, please, please, please. Thank you. Thank you. I'm hearing it now. Okay. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. We read that again. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Is it possible for you to hear things and to shake you? Yes. If we say we've not been shaken before, none of us, we lie. We lie. Me, I've been, sh I've been shaking. I, sh I shook. <laughs> but I'm not shaking. I shook, but I'm not shaking. You understand? You get it, yeah. Uh -huh. So we, it's possible for things to come, you know, for the wind to blow. And you say, ah, ah, is it only me? Why is it only me that this thing is hitting? Other people are saying things are going well for them. It's only me. It's only me that is doing beach It's only me that is doing sit It's only me. It's only me. Is it only my head? What happened to other people? Like, what, can't, can't we share? You know, we've been in those situations. We understand. And my God, it hits. It does hit. But then guess what? I want to tell you something very beautiful. There's a way for enforcement of the peace that is in you. <laughs> Mighty men are not made spontaneously, I tell you. 
And see, you know when they say that the most feeble amongst us be as strong as David? It refers to even people that may be watered and beat down, beaten down by the rain. They are beat down by the rain. But guess what? They are not destroyed. That's what we mean by feeble men being as strong as David in the house of Israel. So listen to me. Let me show you. Here it says from verse 6, be careful for nothing but in everything. What did he say? By prayer and supplication. Let's stop there. Then we'll now go to it. It says, make your request known unto God. By prayer and what? I believe that one serious problem we have is that we love to think first before we pray. So I have a problem. And I mean, you, we, I, I feel like I know how to use the toilet without praying. I feel like I know how to eat without praying. I know how to, so I know how to solve problems. But then guess what the Bible says? It says, pray without ceasing. Jesus said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Always is the highest level of frequency that there is with the adverbs of frequency. Always is always. So that means that, I mean, you saying, you're not praying before you eat and you, start, you can still eat. Good for you. But do you know what you ought to do? You ought to always pray. So then you have a problem that you think is miniature. You think it's tiny. You think it's small. You think it's insignificant. You see a situation that you think, ah, we can do this. We can solve this. And you just get up and you move to go and do it. And let's say you do get it done. But guess what? It now creates a certain pattern and a habit where you don't go to God when you have certain issues. Do you understand? Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, so now we are believers here. Hallelujah. Some people may say, ah, I've not been doing certain things the way I suppo I'm supposed to do it and what not, what not. So I don't go back to God. If, for example, I just, you know, I, I'm not saying, uh, do not, um, what is it in English now? I'm not saying don't read your book. But what I'm telling you is this, rather, we, read, we pray to God for everything and anything that disturbs us. Everything. Everything is everything. Oh, my, 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 I'm having this relationship with my parents. It's not necessarily going well. We pray about that. You pray about the tiniest things. You pray before you think. You pray before you leap. You pray before you jump. In everything. And that is where you now see that the peace of God that passes all understanding guards your heart. Our pastor will say it surrounds your heart like a garrison. It guards your heart. That even when something big now comes, you're already you're standing. Because you've been staying on God's word since. Because he's been guarding your heart. You're not moved when other circumstances now come. When something big that you can't handle now comes, you're not moved. So for things that you can handle, for things that you can't handle, what do you do? Pray. You pray always. And you pray for everything. Provided it could even cause a little bit of, oh, Oh, oh my God. Oh God, what is pray. And you're not praying for the answer. In this place, it's not the answer for the prayer that we are looking for. Mm -mm. It's so that that peace of God that passes on understanding will guard your heart. It will just stand and guard your heart and protect everywhere. That's why you're praying. Do you understand what I'm saying? None of us will live here weak. <laughs> None of us will live here weak. I'm not hearing amen. None of us will live here weak. None of us will live here weak. You may have come in weak, but you're not living weak. You're not living weak. Next thing is with thanksgiving. A lot of times we skip that part. <laughs> oh my God. Do you know so many, so, most times the reason why we get anxious about things is because you don't have 
a, an attitude of thanking God. You know, sometimes I, even me, I used to be guilty of that, you know, when they talk about thanking God, I'm just like, yeah, we thank God, ain't it? We thank God, I mean, yeah, we thank God. And I thank God, I do thank God, but intentionally, like as a habit, do you think flipping, flipping the page of a day is like flipping a book? Is it like flipping a book? It's not like flipping a book because people should have been able to flip it too. But they didn't flip it. But then you don't even see, you just stand up from your bed. What? I've gotten up. Okay, time to go and take my bath. Class is by 8 a.m. Okay, now where are my books? Where's my bag? Okay, I'm out. Do you understand? And your day just has, you just move like that. There's no, there's no, there's no moment of noticing, wait, oh, I didn't wake myself up this morning. I even missed all my alarms. How did I wake up? Ah, God woke me up. Oh. Ah, Omo. So this is how, not Omo, my goodness. This is how, <laughs> this is how, this is how God used to care for me. You know, you just think to yourself, ah, so this is how God used to care for me. Even me, I don't know how I woke up. If that, that means that I may not understand everything. I may not know everything, but God understands everything. And he definitely knows everything. If you now begin to walk without understanding, the attitude of thanksgiving gives you a certain form of understanding that when you now get to another situation, maybe you got a grade and you're like, what's this? You will be like, huh, I may not understand this, but I know God understands. Because you've built, you've started building that trust with your attitude of thanksgiving. So things don't move you. They don't, they don't move you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Be thankful for little things. Little things, the tiniest things. Observe and be thankful. And it's not like I'm saying force it. No, there are many things to be thankful for. You're not forcing it. It's just, just notice, just observe. For once, sometimes, just look at everywhere. Look at the world through your window. Don't only look at people walking on the streets. Look at all the beauty of it all and be like, my goodness, and no man can take ownership for making all this. Do you understand what I'm saying? It elevates, it magnifies God in your soul. It magnifies God so much in you that even when things come, you can see them as small. Do you understand? And then you can what? Work on them. That's what it does. Awaken all soldiers that sleep. Awaken. Amen. Our time is fast spent, so I'll just have to summarize now. So yes, key code, the opposite of anxiety is praying. As far as I'm concerned, Jesus, and that's, this is Bible language. You don't go and put in your exam and say the opposite of anxiety is praying. <laughs> don't call my name. My name is not there. The opposite, but here what we see is that be careful for nothing, but in all things, with prayer and supplication, make your request known with thanksgiving and the peace of God that passes understanding will guide your heart through Jesus Christ. So what we see here is that be careful for nothing, but with prayer and supplication. So what I understand by that is simply that in praying, I am not anxious. But guess what? In anxiety, I'm also not simple. Simple. It's, if you have understanding, you realize that the emotional struggles you deal with, they are transient. They are as feeble as the fake peace that we have in this world. They are, they are, they are it's transient. It's temporary. It's temporary. All of those things, the things that you are so exalted in your space. The reason he's exalted is because God is not yet magnified in your space. He's not yet magnified in your soul. Because the moment he gets magnified, <laughs> everything begins to look small the way it ought to be. Because it, everything is small before God, even you. Talk more about your problem. I was thinking about that one day. If, you're, if we are like the dust of the earth, how are our problems to God? <laughs> I can't, can't even see them. And so, yes. Um... If I pray and I still feel a certain way, that is external and influence of Satan because the word of God is truth. 
Let God be true and every man be a liar, including myself, including my thoughts and what I see and what I feel. Conclusion, we live in peace in word and by prayer. Peace is not a feeling. Peace is not spontaneous. We are deliberate about executing. The way of peace is prayer and staying on God's word. What did I say? Staying, right? Remember the analogy we gave, sitting, not sat, but sitting. So staying, staying. And that means, as our Sunday school teacher said, every day. If I, you know, I love the Bible so much. So he says, if you say staying, it's those that stay. Staying, then that means that yesterday, staying means staying. Today, staying means staying. Tomorrow, it means staying. So that means every day you make a habit of reading your Bible. Okay? Every day you make a habit. You make it a habit. Every day, every second you get the chance. You just be like, ah, that's true, that's true. My peace, my peace. Just, just, just open the Bible immediately. Ah, my peace, my joy. You know? Do you understand what I'm saying? You form that habit. So yes, I made a table. Worldly peace, godly peace. Worldly peace everywhere is calm and quiet. Godly peace is a knowing God. And this is peace from heaven. And so it cannot be influenced by earthly factors. Rather, the peace brings heaven on earth. In heaven, God's reign is established as it ought to be on earth. Also, we've already spoken that you should talk to people about Jesus. If they say something negative, things are just going to be on a decline. Sometimes people, people, the things that you hear are just destruction. It's, God will help us in Jesus' name. Things, things are just going to be on a decline. Even if you have to sound, we don't like sounding uncool and unfresh. Better be uncool and unfresh. All of us can be a, a gang of uncool and unfresh people. Tell them immediately, ah, sorry, when men say that there's a casting down, I am so busy saying that there's a lifting up. Not me. It's not me. Things are not a decline for me. If things are inflating, prices are inflating, my pocket is increasing. I'm sorry. Me, I don't have that. You, you'd speak, speak by the words, by the words the world were created. You use the words of, use the words. Jesus is in you and speak. Prophesy, speak to your situation. Even if it doesn't look like it, speak to it. Yes, it's truth. It's truth. And you see it manifesting in due time. Thank you, Jesus. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Oh, yes. <laughs> I thought I was praying. Anyways, okay, please, let's be on our feet.